Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the BestOfProds.com video games podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dead. Join me today, we have Cave. Hi. Uh, no Alex this week. A paramedic thought he might be having a stroke. It's a long, confusing, complicated story that ultimately ends up with somebody being an idiot. <laughs> but now, yeah, Alex, he's, he is away with illness. Hopefully, he'll be better. We're pretty sure it's not a stroke. Pretty sure. That is a reference to something that happened a while ago. <laughs> he wasn't having a stroke then. So... Uh, yeah, but we are here. We got video games to talk about. At do least I do. Get... I'm hoping you do, too. Yes, I actually do. Okay, thank God. And they're related to stuff that might be getting released at some point. Ooh. Yeah, sorry about... Sorry about like, the inconsistency like, near the end of last year. Just I... Mostly me, but kind of a combination of all of us. There were, there were multiple weeks where none of us had played anything new or at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yes, but new year, hopefully not the same bullshit. It's going to be the same bullshit. <laughs> like Probably, this year is but hopefully we'll be, be but hopefully we'll be able to like manage it better. This year is not I can already tell this year is not going to be the best for new releases. <laughs> oh no, of course not. Like fucking every game that was in development stopped development for a while because of, you know, the situation. COVID. <laughs> And yeah, like, fuck, I think we have, like, one new game coming out in the next couple weeks. Or, like, one game worth of note, at least. Let me check. Breaking formula and doing things at the beginning of the show. Oh, my God. Who cares? Not the fans, that's for sure. If we had one. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... Like this week, it is a game that already came out on PS5. The game, the game that already came out on PS4, and then next week is East Nine. What game that already came out on PS4? Uh, the X, uh, the Yakuza Remastered Collection. Ah, yeah. So next week is East Nine, Monstrum Knox, and Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. Ooh. Apparently, it's the Champion of Gaia edition, which I guess is a different version than the game. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, but probably it looks like we don't have anything of note to look forward to until like the end of February with Persona 5 Strikers and Bravely Default 2. Which I also filled out a survey to hopefully get a copy of fucking... Fingers crossed. Yep. I have a lot of things going, trying to get fucking games. It's just, you know, we haven't written anything about games in a while. I don't write articles. I know. I wasn't saying that as like a... I wasn't saying that as like a, oh, someone hasn't been writing stuff. I. It's me. I'm the someone. As long as we're clear. <laughs> yeah. I know what you do. In my I head. Vaguely I vaguely talk sometimes. In my head, I have been signing the paychecks for the work I think you do. <laughs> oh, it's nice. He, he, he acknowledged that I do something. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, yes. 
video games. Okay, what are you even playing? Oh, we're jumping straight to me. Yes. Uh, I've well, been starting I first beat, a lot lately. I beat Cyberpunk. Um, but how? And it crashed during the ending credits. <laughs> <laughs> like, the game has been getting more and more playable. Um, it stays at around, like, 60 to 70% of the time. It'll stay at, like, 30 FPS, like 20 to 30 FPS. Very playable for me. Because I don't, I, I can't process 60 FPS as any different from, like, like it, it doesn't look different to me. And that's probably just because my brain isn't geared in the right ways. But, so. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but. Uh, oh, no, no, my gain is, my brain is very much broken. <laughs> my gain uh, is broken. My gain is broken. <laughs> um, I need to fix it. I need to twiddle with the knobs. <laughs> but no. Yeah, it's um, like, what you gotta do is you gotta set everything to unity and then just like slowly crank it up until it, until it gets in the red and turn it down a bit. So you want to keep it around like the negative, like the negative 12 to negative 6 range? I have no idea what any of that means. Audio jokes. But Cyberpunk, it was never going to be the game they promised. And I realized that the first time they pushed it back this year. I was like, oh, you guys oversold yourselves, didn't you? Please don't let this be another Duke Nukem. Nothing could be that bad. For those of you who don't know, Duke Nukem kept getting pushed back because the devs kept seeing new shit that they wanted to emulate and then restarting. That's one of the reasons why Duke Nukem took for fucking ever. Yeah, Duke Nukem, it, uh, yeah, it, Mm, it bad. And one of the biggest reasons why I never enjoyed Duke Nukem was because the story was ass. Well, yeah, it's a Duke Nukem game. The story here was good. Like, it was, like, good and it was sad good. Like, you earned your endings. It's one thing that, like, actually is, like, important for this. Like, a lot of games are like, your choices matter. Your choices, while in 99% of circumstances mean nothing in this game, which is very real life. Your choices don't mean matter for shit in real life most of the time. But the some of the bigger choices come back and matter. And that shit's really like interesting to me. Like, choose to embrace Johnny. Choose to say no to Johnny. It matters. It affects the ultimate outcome of the game and how the characters interact with you and see you. Do you have a romantic interest? Do you not have a romantic interest? It matters. That romantic interest choices matter. Because when I actually looked up the other endings and in some of the endings, your romantic interest is like, all right, bye, B. And it matters. It's it's very interesting to me. And one of the big things that's interesting to me is... It's. It feels a lot like a story about accepting the inevitability of death. And I'm not. I'm not sure if my ending is a happy one or not. It's a good ending, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be happy at the end of it. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I get that. Like CD Projekt Red has, like at least with, like with Witcher One. They didn't really, I don't, I don't remember, I either don't remember or 
didn't experience because I never finished Witcher One. I don't remember if there was like an actual choice in that. I know with Witcher Two, they added the cho- they added like a kind of choice element of like, hey, do you end up with Yennefer or fucking Triss? But then with Witcher Three, you know, the, the game that they fucking the one of the best games of a couple years ago when it came out, they actually had a pretty significant like, like I think around like the midway point, like like once Geralt meets up with Siri again. Essentially, from then, your choices actually start mattering because how you interact with Siri affects the ending of the game. Yeah, this is the game that Mass Effect 3 pretended it was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) This is the all of your choices have some at least minor effect on the world. You build companionships and friendships. This game made me cry. Twice. I'm an emotional guy, so I will cry when like something tries to provoke tears out of me and actually deserves them. But it made me cry twice. And I was just like, the fuck is this game? How did it do that? I figured it just, you know, it crashed a lot. <laughs> I, I got a crash about once to twice every time I was playing this. So about every four to six hours, I'd get a crash. Oh, fuck. Ugh. Yeah, it, it, it was bad. It was bad. That's bad. It's, it's, it the, at first time when it, when it first came out, I would play for thirty minutes and it would crash. <laughs> and I got three hours into the game, my first time playing. Yeah, hey, so, give it, give him like, as you will. Yeah, give him two years. It might be it might be suitable for launch. Yeah, uh, this is definitely going to like if they do all of the things that they said they're going to do to fix it. This is going to be a no man's sky situation, but I don't think they're going to do all the things they said to do that they would do to fix it. Yeah, they said um, they got uh they said they got one more patch coming out, one more patch planned from the initial launch in February. And then mm-hmm. from there, who the fuck knows? Yeah. But it the ending was emotional. It was oh, I I really I want to love this game, but because it's so borked, I can't. I want to love this game, but the game keeps stopping me. <laughs> exactly. Um, I had been craving a, a Shadowrun-esque cyberpunk first-person adventure where I could customize, modify, and upgrade guns so that I could experience the world in my own personal way. And I got that. The problem was all of the bugs getting in the way. Like, and also there were segments that were clearly built for, Hey, you built somebody who can shoot. (laughs) Um, Hey, you're playing a first person shooter, right? Well, here you go. My cyberpunk punctivist, whatever I want to call it. What V my version of V beat people with a dildo naturally punched people with electrified knuckles. Yep. And hacked people into unconsciousness. I had guns. But I didn't use them because for most of the game, I couldn't make them non-lethal. And I wanted to play this V as somebody who didn't kill unless they had to, or were really driven to murder someone for revenge. Uh, I, though I also, I, it was like the devil, I played them as the devil on your shoulder. So whenever anybody was like, yeah, revenge, (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's get revenge. Let's go kill that person that you don't like. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's go murder them. Oh, what do you mean that was the bad ending for your character? 
Oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> oh, well, fuck you, bud. Um, and there's a lot of coping with accepting death in this game. Like, at the very end, you, you're you given... You're, if, depending on the path you take and the path I took, I was given the ultimate choice of keep my body or give my body up. Live or die. Live with a dying body and the hope that I will find a cure for what is killing me. Or just give up and die. And there, there's good reason, but I don't want to spoil like the reason that you might choose to die. Because... Oh, this game is like it it wants to be good. <laughs> it's like it's like that asshole who never studies, never tries, can't get above a D, and then is sitting there crying because they really tried one time and got a C. So it's Bart? Yes, it's Bart Simpson. This game is Bart Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> The hottest take on the internet. Simpsons there. Cyberpunk 2077 is Bart Simpson. Eat my shorts. <laughs> it's filled dude. with great references, nerdy little asides that made me smile. It it's it's a good game underneath the game ruining bugs. And I think that's the difference between this game and New Vegas. The glitches didn't ruin New Vegas. The glitches just were part of it, and you just kind of stared in horror at them. Cyberpunk, there are times when I'm fighting an immortal guy who I can't damage and have to reload the game because I can't damage this person. No, yeah, like they're like this like that's one of the like things people point out like when they're talking about like Fallout 4 or something like that, where we're like Bethesda games, they they will have these ridiculous game breaking glitches happen. Everyone's like, oh, it's just a part of the experience, but like, no, that's not if if your game's like fucking weird or whatever, that's one thing. Like people's heads spinning around in a circle, that's one thing. Having the game just stop being able to function. That's a problem that you can't really just kind of gloss over by saying, Oh yeah. Yeah, and in Cyberpunk, like, I was fully accepting of all the visual glitches. Like, there were visual glitches in abundance. But at the beginning, they're like, you might get some visual glitches because of the new eye implant. And then you get hijacked. So your brain's on the fritz constantly. So I'm like, that's fine. But encountering unkillable enemies, hacking a guy seven times the same way so that, like, you can finally get the effect you're looking for. Or, I don't know, crashing because I drove too fast. You mean the game crashing, not your car crashing? The, ca- the game crashing? Oh, there, there is a function that I love hate in this game. Um, the game is from first person. I hate driving from first person. Because they never give you enough of the side view. Like, you can't see far enough out of the sides to try and process things. Yeah. This game has the button that lets you switch between views. Except it works a third of the time. (laughs) I push the button three times, and then it will finally work. I am not even joking. That is how I drive. I get in the car, 
let the car load in, and then push the button three times, and then sit back and wait anywhere from no seconds to a full minute for the game to be like, oh yeah, you wanted to drive from third person. All right, we got you. Not even a joke. I don't know how you can handle that. I don't most of the time. I have run all the way through Night City. I sprint 90% of the time. All of my mod slots on one set of clothes. I have two sets of clothing, my traveling clothes and my fighting clothes. I have all of the mod sets on one all the mod slots on one set of clothing filled with the speed booster mods so I can go fast. <laughs> Because I didn't want to trade out my leg upgrade for the Lynx paws because I like double jump. I'm now just picturing in my head a situation where, like, you're going to meet someone as part of a mission that then goes into combat. And it's just it's just this, like, fucking Technicolor cyborg asshole just sprinting <laughs> down the street, gets to the guy, and the guy's like, Hey, V, you got here. And you're like, <laughs> One second. <sighs> Suddenly T-pose, dick flops out, get dressed. All right, let's go fight. No, not even the T-Pose, just like, okay, just give me a second. Zip. (laughs) And the best part is, like, one of my favorite things about the game is everybody's like, oh, this combat's going to be a challenge, V. You better fight smart. Okay. All right, I am on a hill. I can see the majority of the enemies. Contagion, shock, system reset. Contagion, shock, system reset. All right, everybody's unconscious. We win. Yeah, you got to... Like the only thing that doesn't work against his bosses because the health bars are huge. Uh, just this is reminding me of like uh, like back when I played Metal Gear Solid Five. Just, just just like the talk of like these fucking soldiers and everything, and and like the in-game mechanic of having some soldiers be like, oh yeah, these guys are like fucking like triple S rank fucking combat combat veterans. I'm just up on a hill with a sniper rifle, just like all right, and uh, boop boop boop. All right, you're mine. Oh, I got really frustrated at one point because my pistol is basically a sniper rifle in this game. <laughs> it deals that much damage, has really solid range, and has a little red dot sight on it, so I can pin on people's heads. Yeah, and they're like. Uh, you need a sniper rifle for this section. But Bitch, let no. me get the chief for shooting two things with one sniper rifle bullet. So <laughs> that's like, like it will force you to change your gear at segments, and usually you can change back. But there are a few segments where it's like, no, you got you get this gear, deal with it. It's like, us, play, like, it's like us playing sniper elite. Yeah. <laughs> just, all right, we gotta take I out. Got all these, it's like, all right, we gotta take out all these snipers. You're just creeping up behind it with a knife, and then I just shoot him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. The minions want to help, and that's what some of the characters are. Min- they're just minions. Like, they try and give some of the characters character. Oh, so I've got I've got two favorite companions, and I use companions loosely because you don't really get companions in this game, uh-huh. but they're people you spend a lot of time with and get to know. i got two favorites and one who I never want to have to deal with but will when I play the game again. Um, So my two favorites are Pan Am and Judy. Judy, because she's that cute tech girl, and she's she's got a bouncy personality, and she's overall fun. Yeah. And then Pan Am, because she's every D and D player I've ever played with, <laughs> and by that I mean their character. <laughs> I've got a plan for every situation, and I'm badass enough to see it through. Why isn't it working? Uh. But um, 
they're they're great fun to be around. Pan just they're just, fun to talk to. just sitting there screaming, and someone's like, "Gwen, calm down." <laughs> uh, that's Judy. Uh, and like, I enjoy I enjoy like hanging out with Pan Am, and she eventually like you can become a member of her like traveling family. And I like her name because it's Pan Am, like Pan America. Yeah. It, it it's it's a fun idea. Like in the future, people will be named in weird ways, and like that's actually a nice way to represent it. Um, oh, no, yeah, like she like she's not like other characters in video games who never admit when they fucked up. She's like, oh, I totally fucked up. Why would anybody ever trust me again? <laughs> um. And she's cute too, so like I, I'm gonna see on my next playthrough because I do plan to do another playthrough. Um, if she's romanceable, um, man, you gotta love characters with character. There, there's, there's, there's times where it's like, yeah, you want fuck? <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, who knows? Um, and then there is the worst sidekick character in the game. His name is River, and he is a simp. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time you meet him he's a hard-ass detective who's had enough of this world and is willing to bend the rules to get things done you know every cop from an 80s movie that you hate yeah but he looks like every drug dealer from a movie that you hate oh yeah he fucking does um and then after you complete that quest and help him find his uh, nephew he calls you and asks you to hang out and then like he like it's like i miss you v and i'm just sitting there like oh dear god hey, boy hey, you fell hard and in the creepiest way hey v what are you thinking about i'm just sitting here with the pizza i wonder if you wanted some yeah and then like he invites you to a family get together <laughs> where he's obviously coached his nieces and his niece and nephew to like heavily hint that he wants pants oh my god and i'm just sitting there like I am never calling you ever again. This was the worst decision I've made in this game. And I decided to insert things into my brain without doing a virus scan. Yeah, just fucking for... And then, I... th then he's like, so, you want me? After I, like, it was like, everyone who thinks these two should be together, raise your hand. I was acknowledging this shit. I'm going to eat my jambalaya. <laughs> Just um, I, I he takes you off by yourself and asks, "Is there any chance?" And I'm like, "Fuck no." Was there friend. a fuck no option? There is. Uh, let's just be friends. <laughs> oh fuck that! No, don't even be friends. Oh yeah, no, I never talked to him again. Just pro tip everyone out there: if a man or even woman or whatever says like, if they try to get their like child relatives to like, hey yo, if they try to wingman you with their child relatives, just avoid them entirely. Like no one, yeah, no, no one River, in their right fucking mind should look at a couple of fucking kids and go like, "Hey, nieces and nephews, want to help Uncle fucking River get laid?" Yeah, creepiest fucking character. Um, just weird, and never want to deal with him again. And then there's the best friend, Jackie Wells. He is a mountain of a man, and he is the best friend you get in the game. And I'm not going to say anything else on him because you should really play the game to experience Jack. If you watch the trailer, you know what happened. 
Oh, never mind then. Yeah, he dies like super early. And it's what made me cry. Like just like the scene where I'm like trying to process what to do with his dead body. Um and like I I just uh I uh it got to me. It fucking got to me. Jackie Jackie is a great guy and it hurts to see him go. Cause he's not just a good friend, he's a good boyfriend too. And like him being a good boyfriend gets you out of trouble at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like early on in the game, you complete a mission and then he's driving you home and there's a blockade to stop you from getting home. And Jackie's like, just stay calm. Let me deal with this. And I trusting him because it's my first playthrough. Might as well see what all of the trustworthy options get me. Um, just sit there silently while he tells the cop, listen, I'm trying to get home to my girl. She worries if I'm not back. And the cop's like, hmm, well, you're the last car, go. <laughs> and they let you through. And I'm like, damn, I got to try that more often in video games. <laughs> my girlfriend will get mad if I'm not home. What are you, a simp? Yes. All right, go on through. Well, I guess go on through, you tier three sub. Um, but yeah, I, I love Jackie. Um, I love, I, I really, I like almost all the characters. Like there are very few characters who I'm not like, yeah, I love this character. They're a great character. I, I chose to gave, give away like several thousand eddies, the currency in the game, along with a car to a guy just because I felt for him. Um, well, you probably, so- probably weren't too attached to the car. No, no. I was a solid gold piece of ugly. Um, but there's a side quest called uh, Beat the Brat, where you go and you fight people. And one of the brats is a guy named Caesar, who's trying to earn money for his family. And he's doing that by gambling on fighting. Like an idiot. And he wagers his solid gold car. It's not solid gold, but it's like gold plated and shit. It's really ugly and really expensive. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Here, I'll be able to make more money. Like <laughs> money is not an issue. <laughs> like, and then I beat his face in and he's like, ah, my girl's never going to forgive me. And I'm out of ride. And I'm like, keep the money and the car. I don't need either. I will be able to make more money. I'm just going to, I'm literally, there, there's a fight going on over there. I'm going to go punch them steal their stuff, break it down in components, and then sell the components for more than I just gave you. <laughs> Who the fuck placed their money car in the gold? Car. It's not, it's it's like a gold paint, but you get the idea. Yeah, but, It's very ugly. Yeah, of course it is. It's fucking gold. No one who, no one who drive, no one who thinks that they should drive around in a golden car is a good person. He's actually, he's got a pretty good heart. He's just an idiot. He, like after you beat him up and tell him get your shit in order, he like goes and gets a job. <laughs> and the game actually glitched and assume I took that ugly piece of shit because he later texted me and say, "Hey man, um, <clears throat> how's the car treating you? I got this shitty little thing, but it gets me to my job." <laughs> I'm like, I did not take that ugly piece. Of I car, got this shitty thing made of gold. For <laughs> good for you. Glad you got a better car. Uh, if it was me, I would just assume that it's Benny from fucking Total Recall. 
I also got, like, I, I bought a couple of cars, and by a couple I mean the two most expensive in the game, because they were the only ones I thought were, that were pretty. And the two shittiest ones in the game, because one of them is, like, a hippie van, and the other is a smart car. <laughs> and anyone who's watched me play um, uh, Saints Row the Third knows I love smart cars. Because they're the stupidest thing on the road. <laughs> like I, I love driving smart cars because they're so dumb. <laughs> like, th- like they roll really easily. They zip around, and you can drive between lanes on them because they're so small. It's the stupidest vehicle in most games. And the moment I saw a smart car, I was like, I'd better be able to buy one of you. I hope that in one of the updates they add car customization. Because I want to, like, pimp my my smart car out to be the stupidest looking thing in the world. (laughs) You want the equivalent of horse armor? Yeah, that's what I want. I want horse armor. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to get it to play La Cucaracha as I I ram into the backs of people. (laughs) (laughs) Put nitrous in so I can hit 200. That's another fun thing about the game. Someone calculated the speed of the cars... And the speed listed on the speedometer is, like, twice what it actually is. So the game tells you you're going, like, 200 kilometers per hour, and it's actually 100. (laughs) (sighs) And I actually have a theory, like, it, it, it has no bearing on the world, but you never have to fill up your car, and a lot of the cars have solar panels. So I think all of them are supposed to be electric. Also, I've never seen—I don't remember seeing a gas station anywhere, except maybe out in the Badlands. But well, yeah, I think it's the all future. of the cars are electric. So I think that the car manufacturers just halved the speedometer so that you think you're going fast in their really slow cars. It's like, man, I'm hitting eighty. Guy jogging alongside you. Oh, but no, Cyberpunk is fun. Um, if you're willing to put up with the glitches, get a used copy. It is not buy new worthy yet. Um, I would, I would, however, put it at a solid two and a half stars. And if they fix a lot of the problems, then it will easily be a solid four stars for me. But there are enough problems with the game that I am taking off one and a half stars. Okay. Moving on. Something that released recently. Atelier Ryza 2. My wife loves the Atelier games. And she loves them so much that she made me play Atelier Esha and Logie once. And I became quickly addicted. Atelier Esha and Logie have you playing as the titular characters, Esha and Logie, as you try and build up resources to, like help your desert town. I only just restarted playing it, but I remember how much I'm enjoying, how much I enjoyed the game in general and how much I right now. Yeah. And um, just the character, uh, just for reference, uh, it's Atelier. Atelier. Okay. Thank you. Then everyone I know has pronounced it wrong. Yes. Including the games, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is a, uh, it's a French term. I will tell my wife Atelier. Um, An atelier is the private workshop or studio of a professional artist in the finer decorative arts, where a principal master and a number of assistants, students, and apprentices can work together in fine art and visual art, art released under the master's name or supervision. 
Hashasha. Yeah. yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a it's a fun game. Uh, I do recommend uh, if you like the sound of "Hey, I'm going to go kill a bunch of monsters and then throw their bits into a pot to try and make cool alchemical objects." Give it a check out. If you like JRPGs, give it a look. If you like characters in incredibly terrible, stupid costumes that are like not even like just chuckle worthy, but outright laugh worthy, give it a check. Because I can think of at least one character that definitely fits that bill. And it killed me. Like my, my wife is like, I can't wait until you join my party. So I can change your outfit out of that monstrosity. Because <laughs> that's something that they released recently. In the old games, you couldn't change characters' clothes. In the newer games, you can change their outfits. Um, And that's what ultimately sold her on it. it. She loves changing characters' clothes and doing character designs and such. She just doesn't, like... I have tried to get her into a lot of the RPGs I play, and she always is like, Nah... <laughs> Too many guns and realism. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. In, in the RPGs, you try to get her to play. Yeah, uh, she doesn't like. Uh, she she doesn't like Western RPGs. She likes Japanese RPGs. Okay, That's just the thing. No, I get that. I'm just I'm just like, just in my head, I was like, okay, wait, how many? She it... loves Persona. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Fucking, got to be an idiot not to. But she's actually the one who got me into Persona and. I'm going to get a new laptop and then I'm going to get Persona 3 on Steam so that we can play through it together because she loves Persona 3 and 4 too. Is Persona 3 on Steam? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. It is not. Might be Persona 4. 4. Yes, Persona 4 Golden. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, the updated re release with the new character everyone hates. Yeah, which I won't be playing that character. I'll be playing the old character. Well, the the new character isn't a playable character. Oh. Okay, then never mind. Yeah, she's she's just um, like a side character that's involved in some like uh like social link shit. Well, speaking of RPGs, recently I got news that made me so incredibly happy. You see, this in seven day went by without event. Well, last year's in seven day went by without event, and that made me sad because I am a Mass Effect fan. I bought my Xbox three sixty to play Mass Effect. I played Mass Effect so much that even without using any glitches, I was able to get my playtime around down to around 11 hours. I learned the game so well that I could literally just whiff through them. I fell in love with Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. And then I defended Mass Effect Andromeda. On this very program, I regret that. <laughs> I dreadfully <laughs> regret Mass Effect defending the Mass Effect Andromeda. But not too long ago, my friend Birdie sent me a video. A video that told me the news that I've been waiting for years for was finally going to happen. Mass Effect re-release. My favorite games updated to my new console. And I am hype. <laughs> I am hype as fuck. Oh man, I'm so hyped that I went back and replayed all three of the old ones. I beat Cyberpunk like five days ago. (laughs) And then I beat all of Mass Effect in three days. 
So they're releasing that a, is how much I have played these games, people. So they're releasing a second re-release. Uh, it's like a remaster version. Yeah, they did that on PS4. Uh, PC. Okay, and I guess like See, old, I guess old consoles. Yeah, I'm hyped for it on the PS4. Okay. And it's supposed to be like a remastered edition. So I'm hoping that they'll have fixed the worst game in the series, which is one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the worst game in the original trilogy. Yes. Uh, the worst game in the series. We don't talk about it, uh, Andromeda anymore. <laughs> I, mean, no. if you, I mean, if you go um, to the Mass Effect franchise page, it clearly says Andromeda. Doesn't exist. Don't start this with me, Dad. Oh, I will start it until I fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I am very, very hyped for the uh, the remaster. Uh, I already have paid off my pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know when it's coming out yet. Yeah, it's coming. Some signs, some signs point out at March. Others say sometime in 2021. Yeah, it's coming I don't out. Know when it's, coming out. it's coming out this year, and at least yeah. according to the internet, the first two quarters. Yeah. Um, I don't care when it comes out. I am getting that game, and then I am probably going to have to be pried away from my PS4. Because that Mass Effect is my favorite game franchise. Even without playing it, I can name like even most of the side characters. Like, like that that is how much I love this franchise. I I even love the shitty guns in the old game. <gasps> where you'd fire a sniper rifle once and then just have to stand there for five minutes while it cooled off. Do you know there's a Mass Effect theme park ride? What? Yeah, it's at California's Great Adventure. Sorry, Great America. Let me go get my Omniblade. <laughs> yeah, it opened in 2016. I think I'm going to California. Yes. In the four and a half minute ride, guests sit in the 80 seat of action theater with a custom 60 foot 3D LED screen with 4K resolution. A performer plays the captain of the, of the audience's ship, which is simulated as traveling alongside the main starship of the Mass Effect series, the Normandy. I have a model Normandy. Of course you do. <laughs> I 3D printed like four models until I finally got one. <laughs> Where it is actually. Yeah, that tracks. It would not have surprised me if you said, yo, I cast, I, I made a fucking model of the goddamn Normandy out of cast iron. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of doing that now. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <sighs> and it would be out of, like, copper. Copper is my favorite metal. But then it wouldn't be game accurate. <laughs> Fuck you think I could have a game act? Jesus Christ, man. Oh, I guess someone's not a real fan. <laughs> oh, man. I can't afford to be a real fan of a lot of my favorite franchises. Yeah, that's that's the kind of a thing. But no, I, if, I was real about, if I was a real I've fan of Magic, I'd be able to perform a goddamn tropical island. I, I've, I've, I've talked about Mass Effect like a bugajillion times on this show. I'm not going to talk about it in depth again. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about some of the elements that I hope they don't get rid of. <laughs> I hope that they keep the Mako. For those of you who don't know, driving the Mako is like getting drunk and then trying to drive a rhino. And by that, I mean the animal. 
Yeah, a remaster isn't a remake. They said that they were update that they were updating a lot of things and tr- trying to like sh- like make the sh- experience better. So. Yeah, because the first game ran like dog shit. Yeah, true. But like even still, like they could add in a skip the Mako button section buttons or something like that, which would suck. Like fuck, because I think, everyone should suffer to the Mako. I think the first game, I think the first Mass Effect is actually the first game ever played that crashed. Hmm. I never had a crashing issue with Mass Effect. Yeah, like it, it, like it was like I had like ridiculous texture pop in. And oh yeah, the texture pop in, the texture pop in was terrible on Mass Effect One. Yeah, early, early Unreal games, fucking class act them. But yeah, it was like massive texture pop in, like frame drops down to like fucking fifteen, like sub fifteen, and then like the and like the last combat counter before the end of the game, it just broke. It just stopped moving. Never had that happen. Though my favorite is whenever you're in a boss fight and the textures pop in after you. I like elevators. <laughs> oh, the elevators. The very, very bad attempt to mask their loading times. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, I mean, we're going to. The elevators f- grow in length depending on the processing speed of your computer. Yeah, it's, it's like, I know we're only going two floors, but like this elevator's been going for like five minutes. So, uh. How about your alien xenophobia? There's a there's a reason there's a reason the spaceships are largely made circular. Yep. So the elevators are infinite. Oh man. Yeah, like you you thought in like 2001, like like the reason the spaceship was circular is so that they could do like centripetal force to like try to get gravity going. Nah, son, it's just in, infinite elevators. Infinite elevators. I got about yeah. Fucking Hal 9000 was trying to mask the loading time on 2001. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I do. I like. I act. I am one of those people in Mass Effect Two, though, who missed the awkward ass elevator conversations because <laughs> it was. It was always like, so. Uh, how about that alien thing? <laughs> I know, yeah. right? I'm crazy. Still alien. <laughs> it was always so <laughs> bad, but it was so. It was realistic, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you're was... stuck in an elevator. You're supposed to be friends. What the fuck do you talk about? How about that space weather? And there was also always the added benefit of getting in with female crew. to check out their bums. Yeah, j- just just as they're riding down the elevator. Drucker wants to fuck our ship, right? Like, I'm not the only one seeing that. <laughs> no, 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 that's not yet. That's Mass Effect 2. We don't have elevators. If they did, that would be the conversation. (laughs) That would be the conversation. It's like anybody else notice the Joker definitely wants to fuck the ship. Like, is that like a well? Is like an IT issue? Is like an IT issue or like an HR issue? Oh, has he started overtly like hitting on it? Not yet. Then it's an IT issue. He needs to figure out how to get like hardware for the software for his hardware. (laughs) Oh, okay. We'll get him a sex doll. And then they got to file. And then once, then once like she actually becomes sentient, they got to file the HR paperwork. Yep. It's like, all right, here's the HR paperwork. IT is CC'd on it. Uh, Just Joker, stop nutting in the mainframe. <laughs> I don't want to keep claiming your spunk out of the motherboards. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. How are you even getting up here? There's no mag lift in here. And I'm pretty sure your legs don't work. <laughs> Uh. 
I think one of my favorite things about Mass Effect is Mass Effect 2, where if you're either lazy or impatient, you can just kill everyone. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 is the best game in the series. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Citadel DLC is the best game in the series. I I am not kidding. That is my actual opinion. The Citadel DLC is the best game in the franchise because it it brings the team back together, which is something that should have happened in Mass Effect 3, but instead they were like, yeah, you get like half the team and then a couple new people that you have to learn how to deal with. So here's actually actually a question. Would the Citadel DC DLC still be the best game in the franchise if they had gotten the team back together in Mass Effect 3 proper? No. The, the Citadel DLC would just be a casino heist. Fun as hell. It, there you but, go. Like, if they had gotten the team back together proper. And like that's purely sentimentality. That is purely sentimentality. That is three games of, man, these are my friends. And like, I want to hang these out are my, my friends. I'm Shepard. These are my favorite aliens in the Citadel. <laughs> there are a few humans in the mix. Like, as always it's a franchise about, about like it's a franchise about like the fucking mass expanse of space and manly races working together and there's just a bunch there's just some humans just there no there's like four humans total <laughs> no six seven wow there's a lot of humans in mass on the mass effect crew well yeah it's, <laughs> it's an earth ship yeah but you pick up randos so it's it's weirder when you think about it like that. you know that that's the thing it's like it's, it's just like going throughout fucking space. It's just like a. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of a way to fucking put this. It's like a. It's like a foreign like tourism bus that occasionally just picks up locals. <laughs> uh. It's like a bunch of dudes like flew in from like like some other country. They're just, just like, oh yeah, we're going to have a fucking like vacation out here in the fucking city. Oh, that's neat. And just as they're going, they just meet like some fucking like locals who are just like, yeah, I mean, I know some good bars. And they just become like essentially their next, like their fucking like de facto tour guides. Oh man. I love mass effect though. Um, it, I am very excited because it means this, this means mass effect isn't truly dead yet. And I was worried Andromeda killed it. (laughs) Well, now they announced a new game. Oh, they did. Yeah. A while ago. Oh, you made my day. I didn't hear about the new game. Yeah, let's probably because I've just here. been ignoring any Mass Effect news because it's just been depressing. Yeah, so as part of N Seven Day, what? Yeah, it was uh, I, I was keeping attention on N Seven Day. Well, I think N I think N Seven Day uh, in I think uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Bioware confirmed as part of N Seven Day the new Mass Effect uh, development was was a new Mass Effect game was in development, and then on December eleventh they released a new trailer. Hinting that the sequel, might, hinting that this new game might be a sequel to the original trilogy. I missed this and I'm very happy. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, no problem. Like, I'm going to have to look up that trailer. Like, 2020 wasn't apparently as bad as I thought. Yeah, I mean, if you're done uh, talking about stuff, I can, like, just tell you the trailer and go on to my shit. Yeah, go on to your shit. I'm not going to watch it until we're done, but. Alrighty, so. My shit. Oh, I got two. Uh, so the first one is a game that I have had since it came out in November and haven't really played until like this week. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. This is the seventh mainline game in the Yakuza franchise. And it's the first game to not have fucking 
Kazuma Kiryu involved in it as a main character whatsoever. And personally, about fucking time. Like Kazuma Kiryu as a character was fine for the first couple of games, but he was very much an old school Japanese protagonist in that he had the constitution, face, and personality of a fucking stone slab. Ah, the most interesting of characters. Yeah, he's your fucking Kenshiro from fucking Fist of the North Star. He's your goddamn Jotaro Kujo. Just a big piece of shit who just everyone in Japan fucking loves because he's like, because he's just, I'm going to do the right thing and not and not emote or care at all. Despite all the evidence to the contrary that shows that he cares. I don't know, but just, just like after like fucking five, six games, of that asshole. Well, it's nice to move on to someone new. Like, fuck, one of my favorite games in the franchise is, I believe, Yakuza 3, where they introduced more characters. I should double check that to make sure I'm remembering that right. Might have been Yakuza 4. I'm not 100%. But I remember like there were. Yes. Okay. Uh, wait. Nope. Yeah. So the Yakuza Three is does not have. Yeah, it is. It's Yakuza Four. Yeah, Yakuza Four. That's the one I'm talking. That's what I'm thinking of. My apologies. But Yakuza Four because they introduced fucking more characters who weren't Kiryu, and so we actually got to play characters who had personality. And with Yakuza, what? like a dr- no personality. That's not allowed. Apparently it is now because with Yakuza Seven we get uh each we get uh Kasuga Ichiban, who is the most personality ever put in a Yakuza protagonist, and I fucking love it. Like I'm only about uh, like an hour thirty hour forty into it, so I haven't even gotten to the inciting incident yet. But seriously, yeah, Yakuza takes a while to get going, and also this is a JRPG. Mm. But yeah, like I'm, I, I'm getting into it, uh, and it is, it is so good because, like, his personality actually factors into why the gameplay mechanics change. Because Yakuza's up until this point have been largely like brawlers. Like Kiryu is just this fucking, as I said, he's a stone slab. So what he does is he fucking just throws himself at people until they fall down. And that was largely the gameplay. Just you, just you walk around and then random encounters of, hey, I want to fight you. You, I just saw you like fucking stab like 19 people, but I think I could take you. And then you pick up a, and then you pick up a motorbike and beat him to death with it. Or you grab the guy's own sword that he dropped after you knocked him in the, in the fucking head and stab him with it. And then somehow he doesn't die. With this game, however, though, it has turned from that into a into largely a turn based RPG. And the reason for that in story is because Ichiban is a fan of Dragon Quest. Nerd. He's a massive nerd and it plays into why he does turn-based combat. I can't deny that's a cool idea. I can shout nerd at the top of my lungs, however. Yeah, like, like the first time you get into a combat encounter, you are like running down the street chasing after this guy who's been selling like counterfeit porn to kids. Not counterfeit porn How do you of counterfeit kids. Counterfeit porn. Uh like a bunch of just like uncensored like bestiality shit. 
I believe okay. just just like the guy was like saying like the guy was like running around with like a fucking backpack full of VHS tapes that Ichiban called uncensored <laughs> porn. Yeah, I believe this <laughs> I believe this part of the game takes place like in like 2000. I don't know the year. I don't, I'm not 100% sure on the year, but I believe it is at a time where VHS tapes were still kind of a thing. For all I know, it actually took place in 2008. Let me actually just double check that so I'm not so I'm not a total idiot. I mean, I have the internet right in front of me. Why the fuck wouldn't I just look this up? Da, 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 da. 2001. So yeah, DVDs were still, DVDs were like a thing, but VHS tapes were still being made. And it was also probably easier to get a like, it's probably also maybe easier to get like a VHS tape or like a bunch of VHS tapes for cheap in fucking Japan or some shit. I don't know how, I don't know how recordable media copy, like, I don't know, I do not know how the recordable media economy is. But anyway, yes, yeah, so you beat the fuck out of him in like your first turn-based combat thing. And then you're like, I think you're like sworn brother comes up and he's like, hey, why the fuck do you let him get hits in, man? Like you could have taken him out. No problem without even getting touched. And then Ichiban's like, like, so yeah, I like being hit because it makes it feel more like Dragon Quest. Oh my God. And he's, and yeah, that's this entire reason. He's just, he just likes Dragon Quest fucking so much. Dragon Quest apparently like saved him from depression. I can actually understand that. And then he was like, hell yeah, this is my life. I want to be a hero, even though I'm a Yakuza. And he is just because you're a Yakuza doesn't mean you can't be the hero. And yeah, he tries to be the hero. Like when he, like when he fucking like he he goes out for collection. That's how he kind of like gets into this stuff. Like he starts out going out to collect money for his family, and he and the first guy the first guy means like he was selling porn unlicensed in their territory. Oh, there you go. That's the re- that's the real problem. Yeah, and so then he fucking beat the shit out of this guy, took his money, and then he gave it to his brother and said, "Hey." Give this back to the kids that got scammed. And then a bit yeah, later. That, that'll happen. He, it did. And then a bit later, uh, he had to go get collection from this guy. So the, so the family had bought a debt from a loan collector. From like a, like a loan shark. Uh, and he had to, they had to go to collect uh, 500,000 yen from this guy who borrowed 500,000. So, okay. and, it, and it turns out Ichiban knew the guy. They used to go to middle school together and wrestle. The man's built like a t- fucking tree and has a giant hammer. You know, because that's what construction workers have in 2001. Giant hammers. And I don't mean like a sledgehammer. I mean like a wooden mallet that you hold with two hands. But yeah, so uh, fucking... Ichiban beats the fuck out of him, grabs his wallet, then dumps all the cash out of it. And he's like, all right, just like ordered. I got the guy's wallet. Let's go. And the reason he's doing this is because he figured out that the guy is working like two or three jobs in order to try to raise money to pay back the money that he borrowed in order to pay for his mom's medical bills because she recently got sick and had to be checked into the hospital. Oh, he is a good son. Yeah. And then, it, and then he also spends a lot of time, uh, we're spending time with the uh, like family head's son, who is some kind of like medical problem that keeps him in a wheelchair. But if he like fucking just in- injects ephedrine into his heart, he can walk. 
I'm not 100 percent sure what it is. I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's just in the wheelchair because he's weak constitution. That's always the fucking excuse in these things. Just oh, what's the problem with him? Oh, he's a weak constitution. But yeah, and so like as part of that, he he, uh, the kid, the the young master as he's called, ends up hearing that the girl he is into is just fleecing him for everything he has, and so. He throws his he throws his briefcase full of money at Ichiban. And he's like he's like, hey Ichiban, just fucking take this, do whatever you want with it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going home. And then Ichiban pays back all of the money he was supposed to collect with a wadded up with a wad of cash that was given to him by the young master, which leads to his boss beating the shit out of him. And then his boss's boss comes in. And it's like, hey bro, come on, let's go for a walk. It's very good so far. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying like the I'm enjoying the difference in combat. Like I like the whole I like the turn-based style of combat. It's very similar at least to me to the like Super Mario All-Stars kind of combat where even if you aren't doing anything because it's someone else's turn, you can still interact with the world. Oh, that's nice. Like 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 you can like on your turn you can choose you choose like skill, guard, item or whatever or like attack. And and even if and like when so when the enemy attacks you, if you like time button presses properly, you can actually just block their attacks without having to guard. Like guard is essentially a guaranteed I block this, and then a perfect guard, which is the hitting in time, is the is okay. I got okay. I have the chance to block this, but I might also just get stabbed. And then your special moves also incorporate quick time events to like just to, to boost the effects they have. Yeah, quick time events. Quick time events and I don't get along very well. But the, like these quick time events aren't coming out of nowhere. You know they're happening, so they're more integral to the actual gameplay and not just, hey, I'm watching a cutscene. Oh, fuck, I have to interact with the shit. At least there's that. Yeah, like I said, like if you play like the Mario All-Star, like the Mario and Luigi franchise, it's similar to those. Oh, okay. That Okay, so rhythm, rhythm minigame inside the game versus just a QTE. I say similar, but it, it is a, it is a QTE. It's like it's like all right, you got to fucking like hit Y when the thing happens. You got to mash X, and then once you and once you do that for like a second, like it's not a it's not like a like super intense thing. That you're like all right, I gotta get this fucking button sequence right here. Fuck, I'm fucked. No, it's just all right, mash X. All right, you got it. Next attack, press Y. You got it, and it's the same for every attack that you do. Like each attack has one like button thing that you do. So, so you're not doing like random shit for each attack. It's just, all right, I'm doing the tenacious fist. I got a mash X. All right, I mashed X. Got full damage. So I've, I'm really enjoying that. Like I'm enjoying, I'm just enjoying the game. Man. It's just fucking, it's just, it's just Yakuza, but new. And honestly, that's all I've been wanting from Yakuza. I just want Yak. I, I like Yakuza. I like the world of Yakuza, I like the characters of Yakuza. I just wanted something that wasn't just Yakuza. Just Kiryu. Yeah, like... The Kiryu saga. Yeah, like, I get Kiryu being an important character. I get Kiryu being, like, a beloved character. Like, Japan fucking loves these assholes. But, like... I read. I started reading some of fucking Fist of the North Star. It's boring as sin. I started like I watched JoJo. Jotaro is the worst JoJo. Mm, 
I don't know. Joseph's a pretty bad Jojo too. I love Joseph. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Whichever one's the first Joseph. Jojo. That's Jonathan. Jonathan is boring as fuck. Yeah. Jonathan's boring as fuck. I find Jotaro offensive. Mm, I could take or leave Jotaro. Like Jotaro is the biggest piece of shit I have ever seen claim to be a protagonist. I fucking hate him. Like, yeah, Jonathan's boring, but you also are only with him for like fucking an hour and a half. <laughs> Jotaro, they expect you to love for like decades. Yeah. I don't have as much a problem with Jotaro. Like, there's a reason that there's a reason that in the like that in the thing where Jotaro is the main character, they gave him like 12 sidekicks. Because Jotaro is so unpalatable. You need you need a Polnareff and a Kakyoin and a fucking old John and an old Joseph. And whoever the like Egyptian so guy is. So this has become anime reviews. Um yeah, I've never had a I actually really like I don't understand the people who hate on battle tendency. <laughs> Which like Yeah, battle tendency's good. Part two is good. Like, fuck, I don't, I'm not, I fucking hate Jotaro. Part three is still good. Jojo is good. It's just, like. Ventura Reo is the best part, but. I haven't got there yet. I'm still on Diamond is Unbreakable. Diamond is Unbreakable is great. Diamond is Unbreakable is, Diamond Unbreakable is my favorite part of Jojo of what I have seen so far. Diamond is Unbreakable is an absolute blast. Um, Like, of the four parts, if I were to rank them, it would be. It would be Dominus Unbreakable, Battle Tendencies, uh, Stardust Crusaders, Phantom Blood. Which yeah, for those who don't I know could, the names is part four, part two, part three, part one. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. <laughs> yeah, like the the only super problem I have with part four is the fact that Jotaro's in it. <laughs> yeah, Jotaro's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and like he stays a cunt. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, he stays a cunt forever. But like that is kind of leveled out because of the fact that every other main character in that show, every other character, every other main character is in that part is like even the cunts are more likable. And fuck, I goddamn love Josuke. Josuke is a lovable little hamstick or whatever the fuck his hair is. What? His hair looks like grilled meat. His hair looks like that is not something I have ever heard. <laughs> I have never heard someone say that. <laughs> but okay. His hair looks like grilled meat. I'm looking it up to make sure I'm remembering it properly because it's been a minute. But no, I remember his fucking hair having like fucking grill marks on it. Yeah, in the anime, his hair has grill marks. Like, the top of his hair is just, it's just grilled. It's its just like they fucking put a tongue on the barbecue. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, it's actually like a dragon. I'm, I'm out. I'm like less than two hours into it. I kind of love it. I'll let you know when I get further in. Uh, speaking of... Getting further in, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I also started playing Sea of Thieves. 
I was about to say, is this about to turn into a porn game review? Nope. Uh, so, Sea of Thieves. Uh, do not play this game by yourself, ever. This is one of those games. A game where you have to play it with other people. Because here is my experience playing the game by myself. I booted up the game, launched with a just like, hey, adventure begins. Let's fucking go out to sea. I'm new. Yeah. Left the first sanctuary. Got to got like fucking a minute out and then found a canoe full of shit. Dove out, brought that canoe back to my ship and started unloading stuff. It had like a fucking captain's chest and a bunch of bounty skulls. Which at the time I didn't know what they were. But I was like, all right, let me just grab all these glowing things. And then a ship came out of nowhere. Just veered in and doused me with firebombs. I died instantly. And then I, so then I was on the Ferry of the Damned where you'd go and you die. And after a couple seconds, the door opens on that ship, which then leads you back to either your ship or the nearest sanctuary if your ship has sunk. I went back to my ship and it was still on fire with the guy still pillaging it. They then threw more firebombs at me and I died again. I then teleported back to the sanctuary because my ship had sunk. Finally. Then I turned the game off. And then I actually got my friends involved because uh, my in-person group of like my in-person D&D group. Because I have two D&D groups. I have the online one with Cave, James, and Alex. And then I have my in-person one with my in-person friends who do and say things that I can never repeat on this podcast. <laughs> Caveman uh, knows. To keep his channel. <laughs> yeah, Caveman knows. But yeah, so then we started playing together and it was a lot more fun. We were actually able to go out there and do things. We were able to get bigger ships. We were able to modify those ships because these guys have actually spent money on this game outside of just buying it. And we got, and we got, and I got to learn more about the game and stuff. At one point, we were on our way. We were on our way to um, sell some chests. Like we, we got a bunch of chests, and one of the chests we had marked us on the map for every other ship to see. I believe it was called a Reaper chest. And so we instantly got fucking got. Just dudes started just jumping onto the ship. We started like getting into these like massive fucking firefights, and we ended up just getting fucking smoked. I died almost instantly because I trashed the game. And then as I was coming back, I came back and I, and I respawned in the water because my ship was in the process of sinking, but it hadn't fully sunk yet. At that point, one of the guys who was fighting us jumped out of his ship to come kill me in the water. He was just swimming and shooting me. And then I died in the sea. See, that still happens from time to time, but it's a lot better when you actually have people there because you're able to, you're able to like, well, A, have a bigger ship, so you're able to just kind of like have more firepower and more defensibility, but then you're also able to like do more stuff because like, it's like on the ship, you have to have somebody who's like manning the sails, manning the anchor, manning the, manning the map, and then manning the wheel. Because like, on, because like when you're on the wheel, the only thing you can see on the wheel is essentially the compass. Because you have the sails in front of you, so you can't see shit. Then with the sails, you have to like, like the, the the your speed and everything, and your like maneuverability depends on the level that you've dropped the sails, as well as the sail angle. Because you have to be able to catch the wind properly. 
and then dropping the anchor that takes like fucking five seconds it takes like three seconds to drop once you say drop it and then the more people you have like actually crank it up the faster you can crank up the anchor and everything about this game is entirely cosmetic like everyone in this game unless you are like with with the exception of the size of ship you are everyone's on an even playing field in this game Everyone has access to the same weapons, the same throwables, the same consumables, and everything else. It's just a matter of, like, how you use them and whether you find more of them first on islands. Which is actually really neat. It actually, it, it, even when you are getting fucking stomped, it never feels like, oh, God, I ran into a fucking, like, level 95 character and he goddamn stomped my ass. It's just, no, I ran into people who've been playing the game better than I have. Which is why I'll probably keep coming back to it, even though I have gotten just fucking pub stomped a lot, because it never feels like a, it never feels cheap. It never feels like I, like I ran into a situation that, it, that I could have succeeded in if only I had been higher level or if only I had spent more money. Everything from the leveling to the stuff you pay for is entirely cosmetic, which honestly is probably the best choice they could have made for this game. And I'm really glad they did. Because I, I do I enjoy this game. I enjoy what I've played of this game, and if there was any kind of like bullshit leveling curve, or where it's like, where it's like, oh yeah, you gotta be at like fucking like level fifty or whatever in order to go do this shit, it, I would not enjoy the game as much as I am. Because like the look of it, it, the game looks great. It's like a, it's a rare game, so they have like really great art design and everything. The the ship sailing is super fucking fun and bizarrely in depth. Stop tempting me. It's a very fun game that you have to play with people. That's my problem. Yeah, I've invited him to come play with my thing, but apparently he's afraid of new people. I am afraid of new people, and you should understand that, given that you suffer from similar social disorders. Ah, uh, yeah. But I do not have those similar, I do not have those kind of feelings online. It's only in actually meeting them. It's honestly worse for me online. Meeting people, I can at least pretend to be someone, you know, competent. <laughs> online, I'm just a See? voice. And I've been speaking for 11 years. So I'm, I was speaking, I was speaking semi-professionally for 11 years. So I'm confident in being able to speak. It's just being able to it's act. It's easy to lie to people who will never meet you dead. <laughs> exactly. No, that's my thing. It's like, I can't, I can't. I can't actually, like, I need to see a face to be able to know, like, what kind of person they are to boil it down, basically. Even if I met them in person, I'd be able to read what kind of person they are, so I just kind of go. Like, honestly, looking at people gives me a harder time trying to figure out what they're like as opposed to talking to them. Like, doing this, I have a much better picture of you in my head than I would have if I had, if I had met you in person. Okay, cool. Glad I was able to like get to know you this way then. Yep. As thing. Being on the spectrum, I have a problem with nonverbal communication. On the internet, it's all verbal. <sighs> anyway. That's what we're playing then. News wise, we have news. We do? Yes, things have been happening recently. In what world? The world of video games. My favorite world. Yeah. So first up, uh, Biomutant, the new game from THQ Nordic. 
uh, that was announced fucking, I believe, four years ago, finally has a release date. Good for them. Yeah, so for those who don't remember, uh, the game is a was described as a kung fu fable where you are playing as a as a mutated woodland critter with robot parts. It's a very bizarre game. At least it looks very bizarre. But they announced this thing back in like 2016, 2017, and it's just kind of been floating around nebulously. Yeah, nebulously waiting for a release date. And now we have one. The game is expected to come out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One on May 25th, 2021. No news on a Switch version, which some people were expecting. But yeah, this is a game that I have it been... It sounds like the kind of thing that might get released on the Switch, if I'm honest. It's a game that I have been interested in. Like, I once I heard about it, I was like, okay, this sounds like something I could be into. And from the look of it, like what trailer has been released so far of it, it looks like a like it looks like an old style B tier game. Like a game that is like very rough around the edges but largely playable. Okay. And hopefully they'll be releasing it for like a reduced price, because I'm assuming it's gonna be released for a reduced price. I mean, look at it. I mean, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Dead has a positive opinion of this game so far. Oh no, that's the thing. I have been like I have been like sad about the like seeming death of mid-tier games. Because everything is either some like indie darling or this the game needs to make five billion dollars or we're operating at a loss. Same thing with movies. Like movies have gone from all right, so we're gonna make we're gonna make we're, we have like fucking tw- we have like a hundred million dollars. Let's give it to five different movies, and then one of those will make us our money back. And it's turned into this movie needs to make a billion dollars, or our company will die. Like every once in a while, yeah. like some triple A like massive dog shit. Like hey, I spend all of my goddamn kids' college fund and all of my employees' kids' college funds on this goddamn game. Make it work. <sighs> and like those are fine every once in a while, but like. An industry is built on like the B tier. Anyway, uh, normally we wouldn't talk about this just because we don't like. I do not have a PlayStation anymore, and Cave does not have PlayStation Plus. I do now, actually. Oh, well, the, well, February's um, month. February's free monthly games for PS Plus members have been announced. Ooh, yeah. For the PS Five, we're getting Destruction All Stars, a game that looks honestly kind of like shit. And Control Ultimate Edition, the updated re-release, hey, fucking slam bow, woo, hey, of the Remedy game that I very much enjoyed. Then on PS4, we're getting Concrete Genie, a game I've never heard of, and then also Control. I've heard of Concrete Genie and never had any interest in it. Yes, and with this announcement, people are demanding refunds for the game they bought. Because a bunch of people, a bunch of people bought Control Ultimate Edition for PS5 ahead of its launch. And then with the announcement that's coming out for free for PlayStation Plus members on PS5, everyone who bought it were like, hey, what? Because like the system launched without that game coming. And a lot of people who like either didn't play the game or want to play the best version of it. And for some reason, known on PC. 
decided, hey, I'm just going to or I'm just going to order the game early, and then there we go, we'll be able to get that going. And all of and a bunch of them have asked for PS for for refunds on the PS5 version because it's launching on PS5 via PS Plus. So it's either pay full price for this fucking game or don't and just get it for free. And everyone who already bought it is like, hey, bitch, what? (laughs) So, yeah. That's a problem. That is pretty shitty. Yeah. And the majority of people who actually bought these things... um, they, yeah, they got, uh, they're like, they're trying to go through like the refund policy on Sony, but that's apparently weird. So yeah, that'll be fun. Moving on from there. EA has announced the next studio. They're eventually probably going to shut down. Oh no. Which is to say they have announced a new studio. What's the studio? The studio is Full Circle, based out of uh, Vancouver, Canada, and led by Daniel McCulloch, uh, former head of Xbox Live at Microsoft. This is a studio that is developing the new skate game. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, EA has also said that uh, Darren Chung and Cuz Perry, uh, two creators of the original skate games, have joined Full Circle to work on the new game. And yeah, I fully expect this studio to pump out five games and be shut down because this is EA. EA does not let studios live. Even if they're making money for them. Yeah, like fucking Vicarious Visions. No, wait, no, Vicarious Visions was uh, Activision. Sorry. That is still a shit move, but I do not want to put that shit move on EA. EA had no involvement with, with Vicarious Visions shutting down. That is all Activision. And like they just released Crash Four, like they just put that out. It was doing so well, and then Activision was just like, "All right, so yeah, uh, Vicarious Visions, we're folding into Blizzard. You're gonna make content for their games, but but what about our games? Uh, Go fuck yourselves." Yeah, that it just sucks. Uh, speaking of sucks, but I guess not really because I forgot this game existed. Uh, Ninja Theory has confirmed there will be no new updates for Bleeding Edge, their 4v4 multiplayer game that released at some point. Did you know this game existed, Cave? I've never heard of this game. Yes, this game was announced at uh, E3 2019, and it was a 4v4 like character-based shooter. They released it. It was essentially it was essentially just like they like the Ninja Theory version of an Overwatch or like a fucking other game like Overwatch. Other game like Overwatch. I don't remember any other games like Overwatch. Uh, Brink. Overwatch has taken over his psyche. No, th- there was the fucking Gearbox one that released like almost at the sa- around the same time. Was it ba- Battlegrounds? No. <laughs> I don't fucking remember what it was called. But anyway, Ninja Theory has confirmed oh, that they are man. that they are ceasing updates for uh, Bleeding Edge. 
Uh, the game is still going to be playable on Xbox and PC, but it'll be getting nothing new coming out. According to the official Twitter account for the game, uh, quote, with the studio now focusing on our new project, Senua Saga, Project Mara, and the Insight Project, we have decided there will be no further content updates for Bleeding Edge. The game is still playable on Xbox and PC. Thank you to the fans and keep teaming up and causing chaos. I'm sure the four people who still play that game were very annoyed. Just add, I don't know. I can't feel bad for them. Yeah, honestly, like the game is not a like beloved fan favorite. I have not heard anyone talk about this game even after it launched. I think I saw one guy do content on it once and it was because he was paid to do it, do it by the company. Yeah. And honestly, like them working on their like like Senua Saga and Project Mara, that should take their priority. Because Senua Saga, for those that don't know, Senua Saga is the sequel to uh, Hellblade Senua Sacrifice, which is a like which was a like a psychological action game where you were playing as like this Viking girl trying to resurrect her dead boyfriend while also suffering from like dementia. Or like not dementia, like psychosis, like some kind of like mental disorder that caused hallucinations. And it was treated in a way that like a lot of people in the mental health community were like, yeah, this is good. Do this. More of this, please. So they're doing Senua Saga, a sequel to that one, as well as Project Mara, which is kind of taking that concept and going like full psychological horror with it. Cool. And the insight project, I believe is something that they announced a while back that like they are working with like mental health professionals to like use their games to help deal with mental, to help deal with mental health problems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the insight project, uh, it is a plan. It is a program of gaming, technological, and scientific development that will lead to self-contained, individualized, and absorbed game experiences, within which people can become an expert at recognizing, responding to, and ultimately controlling their own fear, anxiety, and other negative subjective experiences. Wow, that's actually really positive, and I am confused that it exists. I'm confused that it's coming from a Microsoft first-party studio, and that Microsoft is like, "Hell yes, let's do this." Actually, saying that out loud. I'm not that confused anymore. They did make like the fucking like, like accessible controller. Like Microsoft has actually spent a lot of time and money developing and pushing forward. Like, Hey, more games to help people. Like, do you know about the accessible controller? Yeah, I know about the accessible controller. Yeah. Like for those who don't, it's just a controller that is designed to make it easier for people with like motor function disabilities and like disorders to be able to actually play games. It is like open source. It works on most platforms, I believe. And it's just kind of, Hey, we want people to be able to play games. We developed this thing, go play games. And apparently that works. So hearing them. Oh my God. I just realized. Yes. Microsoft should be the ones whose tagline is, would you like to play? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Like I'm I'm honestly really surprised like how much Microsoft has turned around since like the Xbox One launch. Like do you remember how much fucking people how much 
how much people shit on Microsoft at that time. Yeah, I remember. I was one of them. Yeah, like I was on, like, well, guess I'm never buying another Microsoft product. Yeah, like on this show and like everyone else in the gaming media was just, yo, what the fuck is Microsoft doing? But then well, we want it to be more of an entertainment platform. <laughs> yes, an entertainment platform that requires the internet. Always on DRM. Yeah, listen, like if you want to buy a used game, that's fine. Buy from those barbarians over at Sony. If you're a real per- if you're a real gamer, you'll buy every game new, full price, all the time. What you want to lend a game to your friend? What are you, a pirate? A butt pirate, maybe. Ah, <laughs> 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 yes, quite. Now come back to our back to our Redmond, Washington homes, where we have the fastest internet available in America. <laughs> The fastest internet in America. We literally keep these houses so that we can game at high speeds. And yes. by that, I mean we stream movies. None of us are gamers. Yes. <laughs> we are spending $500 a month on 100 megabyte download speeds. And guess what? Our data cap is unlimited. <laughs> I fucking hate ISPs. Like I'm do like I'm doing all right, but it's still like, like fuck, man. There needs to be, there needs to be like better internet. Uh, and then finally, this is a bit of movie news, but I did not know this was a thing. So, uh, Lionsgate is developing a movie adaptation of the Borderlands franchise. Eh. Like, and they've cast those games always had main character syndrome for every character that wasn't you. Yep. So I'm okay with it. And they have cast their Roland, their soldier. It's Kevin Hart. You know really? the yes, you know the comedian whose only joke is "I'm short," which is to say that's why I'm saying really. Yeah, which is to say his only joke in movies. This that that is the that is the running theme in every one of his movies. Just I'm small and loud. For the badass ultimate warrior. Yeah, for Roland. Really? Yeah. I guess they're gonna give him, gonna give him platform combat boots or something. I don't know. I'm still having trouble processing this. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've also cast Kate Blanchett as Lilith. She's a very well-respected actress. Yeah, I know who she is. I'm trying to get like a solid image of her face. Yeah, I could see her tattooed up as Lilith. Yep, and then the movie is be- currently being written by Craig Mazin, who is an Emmy Award-winning writer who worked with the Chernobyl series. Really? Yep, all of this set to be directed by Eli Roth. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I ran out of realies there. It is a bizarre movie. Purely from a development side of things. Just what the fuck is this movie? Ugh. <sighs> So yeah, that's as the show for this week. Just ends really? on just ends on really. 
Yeah, I do not know, man. That movie sounds ridiculous, and I forgot that it was happening. Like I knew Kate. Like I remember the, seeing the news that Kate Blanchett had been cast in it, and I was like, okay, she is a very good actress. What is this movie? And then I then I never saw anything else about it, and forgot about it entirely until I saw Kevin Hart cast as Roland, and then I had basically the exact same reaction as you. So that's going to do for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back at some point with Alex, hopefully. Uh, and we'll be having our usual shit we're doing. Uh, we're probably going to be starting out the new X and Y soon. Eh, really? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then we got, uh, we got other things coming down the line. But until then, I'm dead. And I'm Kay. And we will see you guys next time. Goodbye, have a wonderful time.